0: Stay with the process. Don't be discouraged by the process. You're not necessarily going to get your win your first day out or your first hundred days out or maybe your first few years out. But if you're going through the right process, those wins will come and they will come to a point where they begin to pile up.
1: Welcome to the Sask Entrepreneurs Podcast. Each week we bring you an interview featuring an entrepreneur or business leader in the Saskatchewan province. We dive into their journey, lessons learned... And views on the outlook of the Saskatchewan business market. This episode is brought to you by TwoWeb. Growing your business online is overwhelming. At TwoWeb, we make it simple. Our agency has helped over 700 businesses and nonprofit organizations grow through digital marketing. Learn more and reach out to us at twoweb.ca. Welcome to today's episode of SASC
2: Entrepreneur's Podcast. Today we have Colin Pular, who is a respected community and business culture leader. He has a proven ability to build and maintain excellent relationships with industry partners, unions, indigenous communities, regulators, and all levels of government. He's a leader in innovation and incorporation of leading technologies, analytics to bring improvements to business decisions, and he is also serving as the president of the Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association and serves as the chair of the Regina and District Chamber of Commerce. Colin, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Mini. I really appreciate you having me here.
2: Your background is a bit of a mouthful, so you've gone through quite a bit of a journey, and it's really exciting to have you here today. Why don't you start with telling us a little bit about your current role and also your 11 second pitch?
0: Sure. You know, I said I'm president of a, of a construction safety association, there's a, a range of them across the country that serve specifically the construction industry. We provide training, advisory services, auditing services, and manage a range of certifications for uh, companies and individuals in terms of their safety management systems. And the long goal is really to ensure that we're seeing fewer injuries on site, saving blood and treasure, certainly, and, and really changing a lot of uh, kind of the historical patterns.
2: So let's get into your backstory. I mean, you've had quite a bit of a journey and uh, I was going through your profile on LinkedIn as well. And if you want to tell us a little bit about your backstory, that would be great. Yeah,
0: just just in terms of myself personally, sure. Uh, Prior to coming into this role, I had uh, spent uh, 10 or 12 years in delivering labor market or economic development related programming and across federal and provincial governments and worked a lot with private sector companies that were looking for labor forces, trying to develop their labor forces and often connected to major projects that were occurring. And really wanted to get back into the business world because prior to that I'd worked a bit in technology with a fairly large technology firm and and kind of had a you know a drive to kind of get back into that space. And joined the association a little over seven years ago uh, as they were looking for a CEO. And we've got a team of about 40 to eight to 50 staff throughout the province that that provide these range of services that we talked about and they had about just about 20 years old as an organization wanted to make some major shifts in the utilization of technology be able to reach people throughout the province in a different way than they had before and and so the timing for me was really good for that so today we've really made a big shift in the use of a whole range of technology and and to support companies And that's really driven by our our people and the needs that that our companies have kind of laid out for us. They wanted less paper to deal, deal with if possible. They wanted to be able to reach people faster, be able to use their devices to get things done, make decisions faster. And ultimately, they wanted to get more productivity out of their business. And companies have said many times that they haven't got the gains. They didn't receive the gains out of Technology productivity gains that many other industry sectors have had. And so this has always been a challenge for them in just in terms of, of, of productivity. And so that's kind of driven a lot of the, the acts and behaviors, I guess, in terms of our organization, in terms of getting into that space.
2: So let's talk a little bit about that because you've definitely innovated as an association. Can you maybe mention how you've actually helped the companies, the businesses that you work with?
0: Sure. A lot of these things started pre-pandemic. And so we wanted to be able to respond to companies that were saying we want to use less paper. One of the first things that we looked at is, could we bring an application in a mobile format that would allow them to do that? And so one of our first, I'm going to say early wins in this space, is we developed a a mobile app called an SCSA Guide to OHS Legislation. And basically it took the contents of about a two-inch thick document and we were able to take the key selling points and put it into a put it a mobile app where the top 20 30 40 issues that companies were facing every day on the work site we could have not just the legislation captured in it but the plain language summary of what does that mean that that i'm to do as a business owner or i'm to do as a supervisor or as a worker to manage those things and because it's it's certainly required by companies to have that kind of information available but nobody wants to carry a, a two inch thick brick in their back pocket they can't run it in their truck and so but everyone carries their phone and you know we went very quickly from getting a few hundred people to about 9,000 companies suddenly they have or 5, 9,000 individuals sorry suddenly having these things in a very short period of time on their devices and able to add features uh, that had geolocation features in it so they could find emergency services quickly if they needed to if they're planning and and we started to bring in elements into this mobile app that uh, people were were actually asking for we did surveys and asked for them and and so they were able to respond and and help us help guide us it moved into other areas though as, as well and we started playing with oh gosh, with, with headsets to bring people in a virtual reality space and built a hazard identification tool that I thought would be relevant and fun. And the reason why we wanted to move in there is because people we taught people in classes every day for years and they would watch videos and they would walk away with a piece of paper in their hand, a, a book or something as a reference document. But you don't know if they, the transfer of knowledge really happened. We know with this kind of technology and virtual reality stuff, that the fact is your retention rate's upwards of 98% of what you've experienced. And it can be a lot of fun. So we, start, we partner with a local technology company that does a lot of work in this space and in the gaming and, and movie space. And we've been able to roll out uh, some early versions that were just fantastic. We're really excited about having this completely immersive where people can take training in working in confined spaces. And where they're, they're crawling on, a, literally crawling through a tunnel with a headset on, and it's just an open floor, they're crawling, they're doing a rescue, they have a pipe fall in front of them, they've got to turn a wrench it, it detects where your hands are. And you can actually experience this without having all the risk applied if you actually had to go through a tunnel and do these things. Check your temperature, check your gas readings, make sure if you're carrying supported air, that you've got that checked. And it, it, it's all an experience that, again, fun, but more importantly, people remember and are easily able to apply and, and recall. And suddenly we, people were starting to call us and say, hey, we got these ideas <laughs> because we were open to them. And, you know, I have give credit to my board of directors who most of them are entrepreneurs themselves and they were willing to go along with this risk, a measured risk, because any one of these things could fall in face, and not everything that we do uh, shoots off to be successful. But we did have some really big successes. and we kind of became known as as you know a group that's willing to try these things. So our big uh, element today beyond just moving things online is really big data analytics and which we can chat about now when you're ready for that many. But we started building these these patterns of, and the attitude towards innovating, and then getting really good at marketing, as we talked about uh, prior to the show. And, you know, simultaneously, we also received awards for, for marketing, because we just felt that was a really important thing to get key messages, build impressions with with people. So they remembered and thought about safety in a positive way. If they did that, they're more likely to apply the things that they learned. And so it was just a different way of doing things. And I didn't come in, in the business from a safety with a safety background. It was probably obviously much more management, business, and and so I looked at risk as risk, and I saw as opportunity to share and help people learn as something a bit different. So I had a team that wanted to support that.
2: That's great. I mean, it's the you were referring to the peer Drucker's formula. You know, innovation and marketing. If you do it uh, together, and you do it better than your competitors. Uh, then you can achieve significant success and, and gain market share. So it's really interesting how you've taken technology and applied that towards innovation and also creating these solutions. I'm sure you know, simple things like that can have a profound impact in terms of uh, member engagement, in terms of just the engagement of businesses and also helping them really understand what are some of the possibilities. So maybe uh, if you can shed some light on how you've actually... What kind of feedback have you received from you know, businesses that are using this technology?
0: Well, you usually the first words that come out of the man that that's pretty cool because <laughs> they haven't had been able to have something like that before. They've always wanted it, but they weren't sure necessarily how to define it or, or or have somebody put it together for them really quickly. So it helped solve a problem. but a lot of it was just through listening. and what we're able to do and you, you talked about engagement, as we each time we were able to bring something new to them, we asked them, well how can we make this better?" We literally send emails out to people and ask them, how can we improve this product? Or you know, in our audit process, are there things that we can do better? Not just what was your experience, What could we do better? And obviously, we can't do everything that that's mentioned, but you know, even if we take one or two little nuggets and we focus on them to make uh, what might seem like a relatively minor improvement, but we do that many times throughout the year and continuously do that. It doesn't take long before you've got something really different. So, you know, I think feedback from our members has been uh, has been positive. I think it's changed some of the perceptions about our organization or, or, or some of the work that we do and, and certainly makes it more exciting for people who are interested to come and work with us. And, you know, we've got a, like I mentioned, we've got a, a sizable team and attracting the right people to that team is can be a tough job and, and no matter what you're doing. And so the people who are interested to come work with us are folks that they're looking at that and they're seeing it's kind of part of the reputation they want to be a part of, and so so really excited on on that piece as well.
2: How have you changed that perception? I mean, is it uh, that SCSE is now cool, or, or what's the perception?
0: <laughs> well, I think for a lot of a lot of years the whole maybe a lot of the ways that maybe we were trying to communicate safety messages is we would turn on the television, we would listen to a radio, and and often we would hear about a sad story where something went wrong. Somebody was driving while intoxicated, and there was this extremely negative result, and somebody was definitely hurt or killed. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to provoke something in the brain to cause us to, to recognize, hey, I need to make a change. I'm willing to listen to this so part of it is information part of it is also trying to wake the brain up to say that this is an important thing that that we should be paying attention to and that's very effective after a while sometimes the same way of sharing the same message doesn't resonate the way that it used to sometimes we become a bit more sensitized to it so we try to take different ways to to provoke thought and for myself And for a lot of our team, we wanted to use humor and entertainment and to to contrast that a bit so that people would wake up again. And so, you know what, I don't have to look at this purely from a negative perspective or I'm just trying to avoid problems to I can actually turn this into an advantage for my company if I have fewer periods of downtime because of, of an incident or fewer uh, periods that because we don't have incidents, then I can make that more productive time. I can get a higher return on that time over a long period of time because I don't have all that volatility to worry about. Maybe I can actually have the reputation I can attract and retain really good employees that see this as a place that, hey, I want to come and work for this group. They actually pay attention and actually care that about my protection and that I do go home well at the end of the day. We just want to make it a little bit more, more fun. We're dealing with a really serious topic. I like to say I'm a serious person, but half the time I'm laughing at myself, or we'll use a different way to. Uh, we might make fun of ourselves along the way, and and you know what? People seem to really receive that well. In our world of technology, we also see though opportunities where people. We're always collecting data. I, you know, I talk about surveys. I talk about you know we we've, we've had like years of data. Of uh, people who've taken courses, and we've seen some results from companies in, in terms of their performance, injury performance, and, and some of the costs that, that have occurred. I and mean, we've got it at a, at a fairly high aggregate level of, of several thousand companies and, and tens of thousands of, of workers that have taken courses through us. And we've got you know, hundreds and hundreds of companies that have been certified through us. And their certification goes through an audit process, which we which we track and very meticulous, and we go through a fairly regimented process and standard. We realize though that people are motivated by a, a few things. They kind of want to know where do I fit in comparison to my to my colleagues. You know, you get players on a team; they want to know how how do I compare to the person who's standing next to me or the company. That would be my my competitor. Am I better in certain things or not? Are there areas that, that if I understood how I was compared to the rest of the industry, might I behave differently in order to deal with my weaknesses or take advantage of the opportunities that are available because of the things I'm doing really well? And we took a theory. <laughs> we made a hypothesis that if we were able to layer all this data and work with a partner who had ways to mine this data, that it would actually tell us some of those things. And so long and the short of it, we uh, worked with a, a Calgary-based company with, that had uh, lots of roots in Saskatchewan and uh, built out of what's now called the SAC Analytics Platform. And and it, it has primarily three uh, and up to five layers of of, of data. So we have WCB, injury data and has some cost data attached to that. We have our own internal proprietary data that companies share with us through their audit process and their and we have training data and found when all those things were analyzed, you could actually see trends where companies who took advantage of programs had very different outcomes in terms of their costs, in terms of their injuries and, and again, the related costs to those injuries. And, and you could actually see and make sense of, hmm, they actually paid more in some cases. We could actually see correlations between what people are getting paid and how much they, they focused on safety. Long of the short of it, we're able to get to a product where now uh, an individual company can get a strong sense of where they are in comparison to their colleagues, where they are in terms of their current cost structure for their, their wor- workers' compensation premiums, To what it might happen if they stay on the same trajectory or if they change that trajectory and so companies are getting some really terrific insight it's the same kind of stuff that you would see a very large construction international construction companies all have this data analytics is something that's very dominant in that space and that's where they get their strategic advantages out out of is monitoring that but small to medium-sized enterprises don't have access to that kind of tool it's just cost prohibitive. We felt what we could do is do things that would bring in a cost model such that it really wouldn't cost anything for a small company with five or six companies to get a great dashboard and see active data using their own company data comparing to the aggregate of an entire industry. And companies are finding great insight with it. So we um, did a fair bit of uh, background work and there is actually research and white papers done on some of the discoveries and it's a live tool that that companies right now are beginning to access for themselves or they can work with one of our advisors that who could show them and really at no charge for uh, for those members for us we think it's going to be another game changer it's a decision support decision support material that companies can actually you know take advantage of if they when they see the opportunity for themselves See where the weaknesses are and how maybe they might want to respond to it, or if they're doing really good, they need to tell their customers about it, <laughs> and you know turn it into advantage for themselves. Say this is something unique about our company, not just the results but the practices that we put in place, and it has an effect on the bottom line. Uh, all of those things. So I'm excited about it. that's why I got a little long winded about it, but it's really a, it's really been a pattern of building on pieces of technology that currently exist. But we're finding a way to apply it to our space and with the goal of getting greater productivity for uh, you know making that available for companies
2: that's really interesting i mean you have the uh, a very data-driven approach here in terms of bringing light to some of the analytics that you're actually measuring i'd be interested to know what is the uptake Uh, obviously when when you actually launch the app you know these days we have so many apps on our phone and anyone thinks okay oh no not another app you know uh, it's it's everyone's suffering from app fatigue and uh, how did you overcome that challenge for people to actually for your members to be able to download the app and to communicate that the value that you're able to offer
0: well we talked earlier uh before the show about relevance and to be able to make make a connection with people to help them understand that what we've got here is relevant to them relevant to their company You have to do that because there's a lot of competing interests in all of our lives. Our phones literally call us, (laughs) you know, they social media calls out to us. And, and, and so sometimes the phone blinks in the middle of the night and it's, it's literally, you know, trying to grab our, our attention and, and we're inundated with these things and so we're trying to sort out ways to determine, do I get this app or that app and, and worried about the best app. And what we've tried to do concurrent to the building of these things is continuously work on relationship and relevance um, with our organization, with with their lives. So, you know, we'd spend a lot of time and I spent a lot of time working with our industry partners to be available, be accessible, work on platforms like this and have these conversations on other things that are relevant to their business, but all have a connection to safety in one way, shape or, or other. And I think that gave us the initial openness for people to start using these then the first people who use it and excited about it, and we, we tend to try to use, uh, maybe not necessarily focus groups, but kind of the early adopters, we ask them to talk about it. And then we'll, we will post their reactions and share it because, particularly in the construction community in Saskatchewan, people watch each other. <laughs> and they see each other at, at, at events or they, they hear hear about something that somebody's using. So the moment they talk about it, we just let that fire burn and, and pretty soon we have people calling us saying okay i've heard about this thing i know they're using it where did i get it from and so you know with the mobile app it's we kind of hoped well you know if we can get 2500 people to 5000 people using it you know in a year we would just be ecstatic uh, construction workers in saskatchewan you know that industry is has about thirty eight thousand workers workers and if we can get that on 5000 phones we've hit it, right? And then I, then when it went to 9,000 really quick, you know, and it was kind of a little bit of a hockey stick, we thought, oh my goodness, what's going on? And then we started getting calls from other organizations that could you come and demo this? And then other provinces saying, how do we copy that? Now, each time we've done this, media has been great about being really interested. And so we just let people know. And folks in media have they find the storyline kind of interesting as to why, and that helps a lot. And you know, so being, we talk about the marketing side, being somewhat media savvy, we've tried to build that competency in our organization so that when these things come out, that we're able to communicate them in a way that, and in a space that a lot of our member companies or their employees are gonna be.
2: Got it. So what do you see are the biggest opportunities in the near future?
0: Well, I think, and this is not necessarily st- all the stuff that our organization would do, but it would be in the same space. The use of wearable technologies is going to make all the difference in the world. Most, we, we just, uh, we're actually doing a, a sponsor project, uh, along with some other players on, on something called the Innovation Challenge, Saskatchewan Innovation Challenge. And the ideas, one of the ideas that had been shared with us is wearable technology to help remind a person and track what their posture is like uh, what their head and neck movements are like and you know wearable technology like you know what i'm wearing on my my wrist here they have all these all these tools built into that that can do these things we just need to be able to pull the data and make sense of it but it provide feedback to the worker and the employer as to whether or not someone's uh, holding the right position or a safe position for them to continue doing their work. With well, the whole goal of reducing back injuries, which have been extremely costly, they are billions of dollars a year worth of costs, some of which don't necessarily all get tracked. You might just be going home and taking Tylenol or Advil or some other product to cover pain. Sometimes you're going to getting uh, paramedical services, whether massage or physiotherapy, and sometimes it's just an outright injury that takes people out of out of work for extended periods of time. And so, technologies that can do that, that can give audible warnings to folks working in a, let's use a a manufacturing facility or a warehouse, someone who's too close to a a forklift, but the driver may not be aware that. People wearing technology, it can give feedback to the driver so that their blind spot is no longer blind. I think that's going to be a really interesting space in the coming years. The types of things that will give feedback through eyeglasses, the, the expanded use of uh, virtual reality, and even in the metaverse, to be able to conduct work from a safe proximity while dealing with with something that may be in a more dangerous zone using a mechanical device or or if necessary you know a whole other different machine or take a different approach or technology to deal with the issue i think the scope is really limitless here considering all the all the technology that is being shared with us today that you wouldn't necessarily think would have a safety application it's just something that we've you know become used to whether it be the mobile app item is why would my phone how does it protect me to to wearing these devices and being in 3d worlds and these immersive technologies so uh, i think it's an exciting field and there's going to be several other folks who are going to step up and, and overtake this uh, i'm glad we're kind of in a spot where we can maybe give a few sparks and but i, I know that there's people some great ideas that are gonna that are gonna bring these things out
2: I know that obviously in the past uh, year and a half, it's been a very tough for many businesses during the pandemic. And how has uh, COVID impacted the organization and uh, the members?
0: Yeah, you know, for us in providing s- service and support to our members, it, it it was it was literally night and day. Some of which we were certainly looking to do or to, to address prior to the pandemic. So were there ways that we could reach other areas of the province to provide services. We recognized to send a person to a remote location with a very small population wasn't necessarily cost effective and nor could we do that on on a regular basis. And so we were beginning to look towards technology to be able to say, if we can get somebody to, to a high speed internet connection, we can build something. We can build a conversation. We can build supports we can educate. We might even be able to to deliver service or do some sort of auditing. And so we were beginning to go that. We actually wrote it out in a plan. And, you know, a lot of our our team were kind of scratching our heads. So do you think people are going to want to do this? Like everybody wants to be in person in, in our buildings. And yeah, but some people are driving several hours to take a one day course. And when they're comparing the cost of the time and money to come and do this, they're probably making a decision to just not bother. (laughs) <laughs> and so you've got people who are working without good education and but in, in this space and, and kind of just trying to figure it out on their own pandemic hits and you know our three to five year plan became let's get this done in two or three weeks and we transitioned our entire learning platform into a remote platform. so our instructor-led online uh, training has quickly become our, our primary way of training we moved to doing on-site auditing that was you know usually a 3-day event for a company we've been doing it virtually and asking people to pandemic forced us to do visual like people carrying uh, using the the cameras on their phone and walking through spaces so we could do inspection visually and then shortening up our in-person time with them from a 3-day window to might be a 3 hour if necessary it opened up lots of opportunities because our auditors could move from Swift Current to Yorkton in a matter of a click if they needed to so it was we were able to actually provide more service <laughs> than we were prior to the pandemic. Now, it wasn't without difficulty and there's still difficulties that we're working through, but it was something that, you know, despite the the, the the human challenges and the social challenges that it presented to us, and it certainly allows us to reset a lot of the ideas on how we can deliver to being, hey, this could be the primary way that we deliver and and companies responded really well. Now, people can do, they could take their, their national certification exam. It used to be that you came to our office and you had a two-hour window, or maybe once or twice a month that we had that available. They come and write that exam. Well, now you could take it five days a week, you know, in an eight-hour window. The options were there, and you can do it completely remotely. And using technology that you know will track your eyes to see how long you're. You're looking away from your, from your computer, <laughs> it records the session, uh, analyzes the, the response time to certain questions, gives us some insight as to are people struggling with certain questions? Are they spending more time on some than others? Stuff we didn't have before. And so it kind of forced an opportunity on us, or at least forced us to skip over a step in terms of how do we get to a space where we can provide that for people who are rural and remote who don't necessarily have the time or opportunity just to run across the street and take one of our uh, our courses or, or, or that sort of thing. And it's impacted us a number of ways, most of which we've been able to pivot to, to a positive space and, and say, well, how can we deal with this? Has not been easy, um, not easy on people. Change never is, but the opportunity to make something better, you know, creates the excitement to keep moving in that direction. So, you know, I, I think that's kind of a message for for anyone and everybody. There'll be some things that you will not be able to do anymore. They're just, it's not coming back. And we've had to look at some stuff that we were doing and say, you know what, we're probably not gonna be able to do this anymore. It's either too costly or it's something that in the lockdowns just could not survive. And so something else needs to take its place because there's still there are still needs that people and companies have and so don't lose heart. I guess is what I'm I'm saying. Keep your minds open to being innovative, and you know innovation just isn't a product; it's a process. Continually figure out how do we keep getting this message out and keep trying it. If you go on some of our LinkedIn stuff or on our our web or YouTube stream, you'll find some comical ways uh, that we try to get uh, very basic messages out.
2: That's great, Colin. So on a more of a personal note, uh, if you could go back in time, let's say ten years. What advice would you give to your younger self?
0: Ah, oh, man, I would I would say um, I look at myself 10 years ago and I, I was probably far too hard on myself and as a result, probably too impatient with others. And uh, I'm not healed of impatience, but <laughs> I think it caused myself. I probably created too much of my own personal stress and but to stay with the process don't be discouraged by the process you're not necessarily going to get your win your first your first day out or your first hundred days out or maybe your first few years out but if you're going through the right process those wins will come and they will come to a point where they begin to pile up you know that that journey is really that's something that i needed to embrace then and i maybe didn't appreciate um maybe as much as i do now
2: So uh, just a follow up question to that based on your experience and the challenges that you've overcome, if there was one big takeaway that you could give to the entrepreneurs listening to this podcast, what would that be?
0: Well, I say this to a lot of our team is that the era of Superman, the CEO, when you're you're an entrepreneur, you're now the CEO. The era of being Superman is dead, (laughs) that you can't do everything by yourself. You may have to start off to get the momentum going, but ultimately, to be really successful you're going to need to learn how to collaborate with others and encourage and inspire others because as as your business grows you are responsible for the aggregate performance of the team that's all it is aggregate performance so some are going to be at this level some are going to be at this level and if you can help each person to move it up just a notch more and just a notch more over time you are going to get a fairly massive return you're not going to get it all in one day but you will get a massive return
2: To go back a little bit, because obviously, you know, different companies are at different levels, and how do you actually empower through your organization? Because I know you were talking about some coursework that you provide, as well as uh, some other training. Can you talk a little bit about how you actually help empower entrepreneurs so that they can actually make better decisions as they scale, as they grow? Because what has happened with COVID is that, you know, it's created a lot of unexpected results for many different kinds of companies and right. some have experienced significant growth rapid growth and others have have collapsed so if you can shed some light on to, as to how you're helping businesses in that position who are looking for guidance at this stage that would be great
0: sure well you know in terms of our organization in our through our advisory services i mean they are very focused on the safety and some of the safety technicals so how do i don a harness What these tools that we're adding to our advisors tool chest is to help companies understand why and to give them tools that are objective tools and objective analysis into their business. What our hope is, is that the the business owner, if they're paying attention to it, will see the opportunity because they've got good analysis. That's, they say it's 80, 90% of solving a problem is understanding what it is and that's really what we're trying to that's what we're trying to do is to help companies understand their problems and so if they've got enough information on their trends what our hope is that that company owner or or that company team will be able to start building a plan around that and then certainly our folks support that process by you know giving advice giving examples of what other companies have done attracting best best practices other research that um, or resources sorry that companies can utilize to kind of build out their plan. And then we just walk with them. So it's not that I walk in or right when our team walk in and say, you know, here's how you're going to align everything. We're not in charge of your business. We're just simply advising you. But what we're trying to do is get the best information we can in your hand as that advice, as, that, as a key tool in providing advice and guidance.
2: Final question, Colin, where can people find out more about you and contact you online?
0: Yeah, well, we always direct people to our to our website, which is scsaonline.ca. But we've also got uh, you know our social media channels are certainly available through LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, very active, and we have a we have a very active social media strategy around there. So if someone's on any one of those platforms, and they will certainly find us. Uh, they can also find a lot of our, our video shorts and ads, those kinds of things on our YouTube channel, which is SCSA online, if they're, uh, they're searching on there, and you will see maybe the lighter side of, uh, you know, with some you know, some really dense content there as well. So lots of stuff people would do, though, is, yeah, they could take a look, and but if they could contact us through our site, you know, one of our advisors can reach out, chat with you. You know, as members to the SCSA, they're... Premiums and the construction rate code, so they're automatically members. Most of these services are no charge in terms of the advisory, side. And, you know, fairly affordable in terms of, of our training and, and auditing services. So, yeah, reach out there. We'll be happy to talk to you, you know, uh, get you started, have a chat with your team, if and get you some supports.
2: That's great, Colin. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been so insightful to learn more about the organization and also get an idea as far as what you're involved with. And I love the innovation piece that is uh, happening with SCSA. And it's really a model for other associations to follow. I mean, it's uh, it's truly insightful. And I think what you can do is, uh, I mean, other associations, they can learn from this experience. They can learn from the achievements that uh, you've had so far. So. It'd be
0: a lot of fun and not be afraid to kind of just throw yourself out there uh, you know, and
2: embrace it. That's true. So, thank you so much, and we wish you the best, and please stay in
1: touch. Okay, thanks, Vinny. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening, and we hope you found this episode useful. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five star review. You can see more information and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at saskentrepreneurs.com. That's S A S K entrepreneurs.com. This episode is brought to you by TwoWeb. Growing your business online is overwhelming. At TwoWeb, we make it simple. Our agency has helped over 700 businesses and nonprofit organizations grow through digital marketing. Learn more and reach out to us at TwoWeb.ca.